0: Hey everybody. Welcome to Clark Talks, the Columbians podcast where we bring you the stories and views behind the news. I'm Damien Pizanti.
1: and I'm Katie Gillespie. So we are bringing you today part 2 of our two-part beer podcast. Number 2. So number 2. So this has been a fun uh Fun couple of weeks of recording. Yes,
0: yes, I agree completely. I mean, we've had some really interesting conversations. I learned, I thought I knew a lot about tasting beer already, but I learned a ton about tasting beer from our conversation that we had last week. And this week, I've been really excited to talk to all these really smart people that are bringing great beer, and not only beer, but bringing culture, a new flavor of culture to Vancouver.
1: Yeah. So last week, we, uh, we talked about, if you haven't listened, you should go and listen to that. We talked to the brewmaster from Lewitt Brewing, a very mm-hmm. popular brewery, brewery here in downtown Vancouver, um, about how to taste beer and mm-hmm. uh, what kind of flavor notes make up beer and, and yes. the ways to, to identify some of those notes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and I gotta say, I've definitely been a little bit more pretentious in my beer drinking in oh, the yeah. last few days. I've, so
0: if I guarantee that anybody that listens to that is going to be so much smarter when they talk about their quafting.
1: Definitely, and this week, <laughs> which is I don't know, I guess that's important. Yeah, and and then this week we're talking a little bit more about the economics of beer, the culture mm-hmm. of beer, mm-hmm. how to make beer, and we uh, we actually made beer. So. We
0: made beer. Yes, I've definitely um, during college home brewed a good number of batches, um, but man, I. I am just sad to say that when I moved to Washington, I sold all of my homebrew supplies. Uh. So when you guys asked me if we could brew some beer together, I was really excited to do that again.
1: Yeah, so this is something that Damien and I have been talking about doing, I think, since we started doing this podcast, is we wanted to do a beer episode. I had a homebrew kit at home, and we wanted to... We wanted to do that. We wanted to make a, a batch of beer, and um, and it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So
0: how did you feel when we were all said and done? Like- I
1: well, I felt a little bit. We we drank a lot of beer. <laughs> did you? Yeah, we drank a lot of beer during the process of see, making beer. You See, you only had one. I, I only had, had one. I didn't have to go anywhere, so I was just oh. at home in my PJs and right. And, um, but so I was feeling pretty good about life. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I it's a much simpler process than i think that i expected it to be Mm -hmm. um and and it helps that you know that the kit that i that i purchased um just off of amazon it was like a 100 bucks um was pretty uh easy to follow along with and that thing uh, was
0: like the blue apron of homebrew yeah tune in for that part because you'll get to hear just some like clips and phrases out of our brewing experience and maybe you'll work up the courage to try it yourself yeah but anyway katie who are we talking to today? So
1: we sat down with the owner of Victor 23, which is the newest brewery in here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. We also sat down with the brewmaster at an owner of Hub Brewing, um, a Portland company that is opening up a building, a, a, a brew pub up here in Vancouver. Yeah, that's uh, pretty we, exciting. Yeah, within the next coming weeks. We also chatted with Cody Gray, who organizes uh, the spring and summer Vancouver Brewfest fest. Uh, Uh, To talk a little bit about the culture of beer here in Vancouver Mm. and uh, Kind of Mm -hmm. big picture 30,000 foot view of where beer is going here um, on this side of the river Yeah,
0: and I think what's really cool about the way it's going here and just the way it's going I think in America in general right now is beer is no longer this, you know Intoxicant that's like secluded to the dark taverns for late night Soirees on the weekends or like a stop after work to get drunk with your friends. No, not at all. It's like now these breweries are becoming like a family spot and kind of like a neighborhood hubs for the you know goings on. That's a big shift.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, that specific mm-hmm. point here today. So anyway, it's a good episode. Stay tuned and yes. uh, uh, stick through to the end. Today's podcast is brought to you with support from the Colombian subscription department. Just in time for the holidays, take advantage of big savings on a gift they'll open again and again. For only $20 a month, you can give the gift of local news delivered every day. Call today to take advantage of this great offer. Request the podcast special by calling 360-694-2312. This offer is only available for customers that have not had service in the last 30 days.
0: Okay, so today we're sitting down with Brian Ward, the owner of Victor 23. if uh, A new, if not the newest, probably the newest at this point, right? The newest brewery in Vancouver. Uh, Maybe if you can tell everybody just a little bit about yourself and where we're at right now.
2: Um, Well, uh, I'm 49 years old and uh, I'm a recovering contractor. Um, I've been running my own uh, general contracting business in Vancouver for the last 19 years um, and I've been a uh, um, hobbyist home brewer for the last six or seven years um, and just opened this business in uh, September 30th and uh, we're producing uh, some, some good beer here and, and some good food here.
0: That's, so I'm really curious, you, you hobby brewer on the weekends it sounds like, but not a brew master. What made you want to get into the beer business?
2: Uh, that's a good question. You know, I um, I have a whole lot of friends who usually come over to my place uh, and uh, drink my beer, and they have all been telling me uh, how how great it is, and 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 how I should open my own place and so, so, you know, that's always been sort of in the back of my, my head and, um, and I've always kind of kept a, an open eye for, you know, a, a, a building that would be suitable for something like this and about uh, almost exactly a year ago I, I stumbled across this building and it was just, it was perfect and it was priced right and I, I just dove, dove right in.
1: No, you were telling us before we sat down here, you actually live down in Portland. So what what about Vancouver uh, drew you up here? You know, why open a business on this side of the river?
2: Um, well, it's, it's I think the same reason why everyone is moving over here is that Portland um, isn't affordable like it once was. And uh, to buy a building like this and, and, and build something uh like this in Portland it's something that I couldn't couldn't um, handle financially and but but it still works on this side and this is kind of um, kind of the next frontier I think. I think that you know all the only people that really can afford the giant uh are the the cost of the breweries in Portland are kind of the more the corporate sort of entities and and now the 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 people that you know started the whole portland scene back back in the day they they didn't have much money or many resources and and that's what you're seeing here in vancouver now is you're seeing you know people without you know just huge backers but people who just love um beer and brewing you know they're able to do it here i think there's some purity to it it's not people with money it's 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 people you know with a passion for beer
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: So given that you're from, you said you're from Portland,
0: uh, do you find, which is obviously like a really big beer drinking city, do you find that Vancouver has the same enthusiasm for its ales as
2: uh, our neighbors on the other side of the river? Clark County isn't full of those people, but those people certainly exist here. And, And I think they're moving over here because for the same reason we're here is, is that um, it's just they can't afford to live in Portland anymore. And, and a lot of those people are being driven across the river and and they're looking for their beer and you know they're finding it. There's lots of great breweries here in Vancouver now. Tell us the story of the name and the theme here. Well, um, a couple of years ago I took, when, when, when I first started thinking about doing this, I took a, a class at Portland State, and uh, one of the assignments was to come up with a theme and a concept. and And I, I, I swear, I, I looked, I, I, um, thought and thought and thought about it, and I ended up, I think, failing that part of the course because I could never, I could never actually um, come up with a theme. And then, what does it look like
0: out there for a? Um up-and-coming brewery in Vancouver. Are, are you finding it's a receptive audience, or are you guys having to like work to make your presence known?
2: Um, you know, when we opened the doors, I mean, it was it was a madhouse in here. It was absolutely bananas, and uh, and this whole neighborhood uh, is ecstatic about seeing the brewery here. Um, you know, this is a little more upscale than than what used to be here, and. And uh, a lot of the people in this neighborhood um, see that as a very positive thing, and, and, and uh, you know, a, a sign that their neighborhood is kind of um, coming, coming, coming back. Um, as far as the beer drinkers, I mean, um, they, they're, they're very excited about having another brewery. I think you know, and all the other breweries have been very receptive as well. I think the you know, in, in the construction business that I've been in. You know, we we kind of uh, hate seeing new contractors, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) come out. uh, But in the 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 brewing industry, it's it's a completely different environment.
0: Really? So uh, you're finding that there's a lot of cooperation, or just like a lot of friendliness in the industry, huh?
2: Yeah. Um, All uh, the on the opening night, um, all the different brewers uh, came out and uh, welcomed us here, and was. It was great, really fantastic. A bunch of bunch of great guys, and um, they really wished us well. And and uh, um, you don't see that in the construction business for sure. Has uh, getting into the industry changed the way you think about beer? I don't think so. Um, I still, I mean, I it's. I've always loved uh, drinking beer. I've always loved making beer, and um, now I love selling beer. And drinking beer and making beer, (laughs) so no, it's great. It's great fun. I mean, it's uh, and and we make people happy, uh, and that's a hard thing to do in the construction business. So, you know, um, uh, it really hasn't changed it. I, it's it's just it's actually opened up a whole new chapter. I mean, there's so much more to learn now about it, um, uh, about all sorts of different types of beer and Mm -hmm. distribution, and Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, marketing and things like that. Anything we weren't smart enough to ask that we should know? You you might want to ask, you know, well, where do we go from here? Uh, That is a great question. Where do you plan on going from here? Um, Well, uh, this week uh, we are signing an agreement um, for distribution of our products and uh, the next step is going to be, you know, selling kegs to bars and taverns and restaurants and after that hopefully we're going to go into uh, 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 canning and bottling and uh, things like that it's it's an adventure Um, you know things change and that's that's exciting
1: awesome well hey thanks so much Brian we appreciate it
2: all right thank you guys
0: So we are sitting down here right now with Christian Ettinger from uh, Hopworks Urban Brewery or Hub, right? Yeah, it's known by. as
3: Hub, the center of the wheel.
0: <laughs> I like it. So I was really excited to bring you on because we're talking right now. Uh, we're doing two podcast episodes. One just already came out and now the one is going to be coming out obviously on Thursday is people and is when people are going to be hearing this one. Okay. And we're talking about the the beer scene in Vancouver. Um there's been a bunch of you know crop a bunch of breweries cropping up over the last few years all over town and there's been a lot of interest in beer around here which I think is exciting because you know Portland has been the beer town forever around here. And it was particularly interesting to me that you guys decided to move to this side of the river given uh, just like the culture of like bikeability and uh, really like, like the neighborhood the neighborhood spot feel that uh, you're your shops have. So mm-hmm. yeah, I want to talk to you and just find out why'd you guys decide to come to Vancouver?
3: Yeah, you know, we, uh, I grew up uh, around the corner from uh, family friends of ours that that had uh, Doolin's or have Doolin's Village Cafe here. And mm-hmm. so we we're aware of, you know, the downtown of Vancouver for quite a bit of time. And uh, uh, Pat's son, uh, Lion, was my first general manager. So, uh, you know, really, uh, I really, I like what Pat was doing. We were cruising around, you know, uh downtown vancouver years ago and really like what what vancouver stands for it's got great history and a great brewing pedigree and you know a lot of great people great beer drinkers up here families and you know we kind of focus on you know building great gathering places sustainably and Mm -hmm. so this offered a wonderful opportunity um the landlord over there in east vancouver the spot where we're at is uh a, a a uh, friend uh, from the kids' school. So it's like, it, it, it really started to make sense once we opened the dialogue.
1: So why that particular, I know you just mentioned East Vancouver, sure. but um, I mean, that's a huge space that you guys are working on over there on Mill Plain. I mean, talk a little bit about, I'm excited that you guys are going to be over on that side of town because I live on that side of town. But um, I mean, talk a little bit about, you know, why that particular space and why that side of town as opposed to the more active downtown area.
3: Yeah, I mean, Vancouver is, like like you said, has really developed a great uh, brewing scene uh, lately in the l- last two years. It's really come on strong, and uh, we're going to do actually a collaboration with Fortside Brewery to open our pub as well. So, oh, great. yeah, super excited ab- about that. And uh, that site in particular is a 400-acre quarry. Kind of uh, been mountain biking in Washougal for years and years, and so traveled through kind of East Van, and you know you see some of these other breweries, like you know good friend up in brewery Brewing, Stevenson, and you know 50, uh, 4, 5140 rather um, Bolt's uh, place over there in in Washougal, and and uh, definitely aware of the um, you know the brewing scene and the and also this the wonderful uh, beauty over here. And, you know, it's great water and, you know, we, we like playing in kind of the white spaces, which would be, you know, between, uh, brewing, uh, well-known brewing areas. And it's, you know, East Vancouver doesn't have a lot right now. I, I love, I love that opportunity to come in and, and, uh, really kind of reinvent ourselves with this kind of unusual backdrop mm-hmm. and I, I think it's a fun challenge and there's just awesome Uh, People out there and 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 there's currently not a lot of uh, you know family-friendly, you know beer focused sustainably driven uh, Options for people out there. That's where we come in
0: gotcha trailblazers. So tell people um, In in case this is the first time anybody's hearing about what you're gonna be putting out there Mm -hmm. uh, What are they gonna see? Are you guys brewing on site? Is it gonna be like a brew pub or just like a tap room?
3: Yeah, so if anybody's uh, familiar uh, with uh, what we've done on Powell Boulevard, and again up on North Williams, with, that, with our little satellite pub bike bar, uh, yeah, Hopworks is kind of uh, known for uh, doing simple things in, in kind of a uh, kind of upscaling simple food and really creating neat gathering places with uh, reclaimed materials and and uh, definitely bike focused, very family friendly, and uh, so you'll you'll see it, it'll feel very very. Uh, comfortable, communal, and uh, it'll feel warm and inviting. The space is 6,000 square feet and a big shed roof. It's got 10 kilowatts of solar photovoltaic uh, uh, panels on the roof, so as we move inside, well outside we have a great hundred seat beer garden facing west get that nice afternoon sun about half of it's covered so there'll be a fire pit out there and and uh really kind of all season dining for people that want to be outside and then inside you got this really awesome shed roof design on the lower part of the shed roof you have uh the kitchen and and brewery so you asked if we had a brewery on site yeah so we went uh out to uh I bought a used brew from the Rock Bottom Group out in the and and, and brought it in and we're kind of refurbing it and uh, it's we're really excited about uh, making beer on site because the the water offers its own so unique uh, signature and then our all our barley malt. grown in the uh on the oregon california border but malted in vancouver washington anyway so it's 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 very much a local product and you know if you look at where hops come from as well i mean just a quick background on that about you know 20 percent of the world's hops come from yakima the world's hops and about three two three percent come from the willamette valley so you know we're going to be sourcing most of our hops from yakima as well as we usually do but it's a smaller brewery the brewery is about a third of the size of our operation at powell which means we can be really nimble and create beers just for vancouver and just for our pub there and oh very yeah cool. so it's kind of we call it the brewer's playground the site there specifically is about creating really special one-off beers that can uh, sustain vancouver or travel a little bit but you'll see us push the envelope a little bit
0: the, this drive and commitment for sustainability—is this something that was you carried with you before you became got into business, or was it as you became a business person and you started to realize your place and your impact that you can have on these things, and then it began to inform? It informed in that later point. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: yeah. Which came first, right? Chicken yeah. and egg kind of deal. Uh, you know, kind of growing up in the in Portland. You know, uh really growing up in the outdoors and seeing. You know. Really the outdoors really made an impression on me as a as a young kid Spent Mm -hmm. a ton of time outside ton of time on my bicycle and so I basically just kind of wove things into the business that made sense just from my my lifestyle and my mm-hmm. childhood. Mm-hmm. And you come to find out there are a lot of people that also appreciate those things. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it came from an early age. And then uh, as you get into business, I started making organic beer when I was with Laurelwood Brewery. And uh, you kind of hit a, a ceiling where, you know, cost of goods might affect some decision making. And if, if I'm really the one as the the brewer believing in it uh i want to take it to its uh to its maximum level you know and i felt the best way to do that was to start my own brewery based in those organic principles and uh and also in doing that you're building gathering spaces my dad's an architect so we've always Mm -hmm. really been students of kind of design and aesthetic and bringing those the like i said the first two uh elements to crash together were kind of um you know organics and green building as we understood them as is young business people and just kind of going for it on a bootstrap budget when you when you grow up in the northwest man there's just no other there's no other way to to be than a you know a, a nature lover and you want to preserve that and despite the the growth you know that there's ways to grow sustainably and the current building codes are helping that and going for urban densities helping that and that there's a sustainability department in the city of portland that there wasn't really when i got my building permits in 07 you know it was a little kiosk mm-hmm. with some leaflets and stuff and now it's like they're owning it and it's, it's, it's yeah. great you know so we're we're proud to be kind of part of that journey and mm-hmm. and we're so much smarter now uh than we were you know you kind of forego uh some profitability but i look at it you know a lot of companies say if they make a lot of money in l- lumber or something like that they come back at the end of their career and want to do good you know mm-hmm. and we're trying to do good up front
0: you know one thing that i've always liked about your guys's brewery is just how uh bike focused and bike centric uh, uh, the whole place is cause mm-hmm. I just I geek out on bikes, and I really think everybody sure. should ride them uh, Amen. everywhere. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I totally have uh, envy to the Portland side of the river because you know bikes are a totally legit way of getting around. Whereas mm-hmm. Vancouver is still very much like a car-centric city. Sure. I think that's beginning to change, but you know it's the, just the infrastructure and the sprawl of this place. It's a lot easier to get around driving than it is riding. Sure. And so I guess w- I'm curious with this new van. Vancouver scene that you guys are opening up is, is are you is, do you think this spot is going to be able to maintain that same like Really bike strong component of your guys's feel or is it going to require like a little bit of adjustment? And
3: Yeah, I think that uh, If people aren't used to having uh, bike friendly businesses in their neighborhood That might be the adjustment because we're going to come in with the things that we love to do uh, tons of bike parking there'll be uh, energy bars uh, There'll be bike locks and loaner bike locks there'll be full toolkit there'll be tubes and all the stuff uh, behind our bar we're to help gonna have that on oh, oh yeah 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 cool. and that's what we do in all our pubs you know basically have a a repair stand or pretty close to and and everything you need to wrench on your bike and we got you know coffee and we got beer so you can begin and end your ride at hopworks and uh yeah that comes from like i'm glad i'm glad that you enjoy bikes as part of uh, great, great living and great lifestyle. Uh, that site out there specifically is. Great bike access. Where we got a bike lane going east and west, and uh, and a, a nice little road grade, and an easy way to get access uh, out of there.
0: You guys open up pretty soon, right?
3: Yeah, we're hoping to. You know, what's today? This is the
1: uh, like the fifth. Is a, yeah, the fifth like of yeah. December.
3: <laughs> you know, a, as construction goes, it's kind of the running joke. Two weeks, two weeks. You know, yeah, it's just like two weeks. Two, yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of in that two, the, probably in the second uh, two week uh, delay right now, but we're hoping by uh, the end of this month. Can you so. give
1: us um, some ideas of what kinds of Vancouver-only brews people can expect? Can
3: well, us? like this, this uh, this beer we're making with Fortside, which is kind of uh, it's it's a triple secret. We'll let you under the hood a little bit. You know, <laughs> let's just say it'll probably be one of the hoppiest things to come out of Vancouver <laughs> okay. to date. So, uh, with a name like Hopworks, you kind of expect that kind yeah. of, that kind of treatment. Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, yeah, we're really excited about making specific beers. And you know, with a name like Hopworks, like I said, like I said, I think I could see a Vancouver-specific IPA for sure awesome and uh and then running the gamut super excited for people to see the space because it'll 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 look and it'll look like hopworks but it'll be very special and unique
1: awesome well hey thanks so much christian thank you So we're sitting down with Cody Gray, who heads up the Vancouver Brewfest. Hey, Cody. Hey, how's it going? Good. So, hey, thanks for sitting down with us. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Vancouver's growing uh, brew scene. But first, just tell us a little bit about um, Brewfest and how long you've been doing that and what it looks like year to year. So. Yeah,
4: you bet. We started it in 2012, and I had a partner who started it with me. And um, he was there for a couple of years, and then... Uh, I bought him out. He he was off doing some other things and and wanted to go, so he, uh, him and I actually met. He's a home brewer. I was a home brewer, and our kids played baseball together. And I was teaching business classes over at Portland Community College. And uh, him and his wife own an advertising uh, company here in town. Do a great job. So he was one of my guest speakers in my advertising and marketing classes. His name's Andrew Stromberg, and they own Ask Advertising, great little company here in Vancouver. And so uh, it took us a year and a half to to do the uh, put it together and organize it, and then uh, we were able to donate seven thousand dollars to some great local charities, and so we set it up uh, just to raise money for charity and and. Make a little bit of money for ourselves, if possible. Um, that hasn't really happened yet, but uh, we're happy to uh... donated forty thousand dollars since two thousand and twelve, and we'll keep rolling along. And we started out with one in August, and uh, I've added a couple of others. Uh, Spring brew Festa does really well. Um, the same weekend as March Madness um, basketball tournament, and uh, that's we throw in a little whiskey bar for that one there. And, play some basketball games on a big screen, and, oh. uh, and then uh, that went well for a year, so then I added a Fresh Hop Festival, and that's a little smaller, not as many people like the hoppy beers, uh, but that's great fun and uh, made with fresh, uh, freshly picked hops. What time of year is that? That is, uh, we are shooting for the, the around the first weekend in October every year. But we're shooting for the first weekend in October or the last weekend in September for 2017 So we can get that in right at right towards the end of the fresh hop harvest awesome,
0: so um, What was it uh, like? W- what was the instance that happened where you decided to take beer from something? You just like to drink and enjoy, you know on the weekends or after work or whatever to something you thought you could turn into Like a, a business opportunity. Yeah,
4: you know, it's been great. We've seen the local breweries grow from, there was only four of them uh, around when we started in 2012, and now they're pushing 30. And since uh, one of my part-time jobs is working at Bader Beer and Wine Supply, I know a couple of home brewers that have recently got licenses, and they're they're looking to open up their commercial breweries here in Clark County as well here in the next uh, year.
0: Mm. It's really interesting to me that a city the size of Vancouver uh, can host so many breweries uh, What what is it about this place that makes people confident that they can open up a great successful business slinging beer? I
4: think that the Business model you can take a look at just across the bridge in Portland and the, the suburbs over there that It was astounding how many breweries were popping up in just local neighborhoods and it's like wow was this ever gonna stop and it's uh, that turned out to be a crazy scenario where there was just a lot of little breweries and um, there's a lot of money in beer as it turns out. And if you think through the business side of things with, Budweiser and Coors, they spend a boatload of money on mo- just marketing. And that means that there's a lot of profit there, too. Uh, and they're just reinvesting it and creating new customers. So when you look at Clark County five years ago, and there was only two breweries, and they were old and static, and they weren't innovating anything, uh, Hazeldale Brew Pub and then Salmon Creek Brew Pub. And both of them are gone now. Um, because they weren't innovating. And so uh, uh, almost uh, all of the breweries in Clark County today, all the owners started out as home brewers at Bader Beer and Wine Supply.
0: Is the locals' beer scene one that is being driven by consumer tastes, or are the brewers, the brewmasters, kind of uh, leading the public along and offering them these new varieties as they themselves brew different varieties?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that there's a part of both of those things in play. Um, breweries, especially the local breweries, since they all know each other and it's still that small that you can know each other. It is growing, though, and there's a couple of breweries that are opening up that the owner was not a brewer first. So uh, before, <clears throat> just in, I think there's one brewery that just opened up that's like that. But all the other ones knew each other, um, and they made beer that they liked. So uh, this new found beer called India Pale Ale has really taken off, and um, you get a lot of flavor and aroma characteristics that you don't get in your typical Budweiser or Coors beers, and uh, the demand is there. So um, when Lewitt and Heathend opened up, and they were just selling all the beer they could make. They were selling all the beer they could make. They were reinvesting every dime back in new equipment so they could produce even more beer. So when the local uh, homebrewers saw that, they're like, "Wow, these guys are, were homebrewers and they made it." And you know, they make one good beer and then you, they start experimenting. Uh, I know Shadow Ninja was it for uh, Lewitt. That was the very first beer. That's what they kind of launched their business on. Shadow Ninja IPA and. Uh, he then launched theirs with the transcend ipa and then they built off of off of that so uh i think that the breweries make stuff they like and then they gather feedback from the customers and they have you know tasting trays and you know i think that they're just aware of what their customers are looking for and and many of them work their brew pubs themselves and talk to their customers and get their feedback right there and and then they modify the beer. I know that some of them go to conferences and try to clean their beer up and make it even better all
0: the time. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Appreciate you, you talking about beer. Yeah, of course. Call 360-694-2312. This offer is only available to customers that haven't had service in the last 30 days.
1: All right. All right. So this last section of our podcast is coming to you from my kitchen. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is your first time brewing beer, right?
1: Yeah. So Damien came over and we are brewing beer. I bought uh, my partner a <laughs> brewing kit. <laughs> I brought my partner a brewing kit like, what was it, like eight months ago? And it's been sitting and gathering dust. And so we're actually doing it this weekend. So, and Damien has brewed before. So he came over to, um, to help us out a little bit. So.
0: Yeah, we're at that point now where the grains are steeping in a big silver kettle. We've got a cooler full of all of our sanitized equipment that we're going to use today. And we've got gallon jugs full of water just waiting for all the magic to happen. So we'll check in at a couple different points in this process. Okay, so now we're standing at the stove, staring at this really big silver pot, and there's a, like a like an Earl Grey tea-colored brew of grains. And it
1: almost—it's got kind of a tea smell to it. Almost, it's um, it started off like with a lot of bread smells in it, and we still have that a lot. Um, you're hearing uh, Justin, Mike. My boyfriend in the background <laughs> filling up a bowl full of ice so that we can get this thing cold pretty soon. But anyway, we're trying to get um, our little tea, our tea-like concoction here um, of grains and water to up to about 170. It looks like we're approaching about 150, so I think we're pretty close. Um, the slow and steady climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then
0: at that point, we're going to take our grain bag out and add the cheater method. We're actually going to add a syrup to this. If if you guys that have never brewed before, um, a really common method for home brewing when you're first getting started is to do a mix of actual grains and then some malt syrup, which is grain syrup that someone else has taken the time to sparge and rinse and condense for you.
1: And like I said at the beginning, this was a kit that we bought from Northern Brewing. So came with ingredients, came with um, a pot, came with some real basics of what we will need here. So uh, pretty straightforward.
0: Katie, what made you want to make your own beer? Because I love beer.
1: I'm a person that, like, gets an idea of, like, projects that I want to do and I obsess over them. And, like, brewing beer or getting good at a craft or whatever. And I spend way too much time and way too much money and... You know, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, and I'm hoping this one that'll work.
0: I think it'll work. I have faith in us. Ooh.
1: Okay, so we're kind of at the hurry up and wait part, aren't we? We're just uh, we just dropped the hops in the uh, we did the malt syrup that this kit came with, so now it just boils for an hour and does its thing.
0: So maybe we should tell everybody what we're making right now. This is an ale, right?
1: Yeah, so this is, uh, where'd the recipe go? Um, So this recipe is called
0: Block Party Amber Ale. If you guys have never brewed beer before and you're thinking about doing it, uh, there's like a 95% chance what you're gonna wind up brewing is an ale. Because unlike lager yeast, ale yeast can be brewed at room temperature and so you don't need any special equipment. You don't need to clear out any fridge, and it's it's a lot more straightforward process than I think you might imagine. I
1: don't know it's just interesting to see. You know, I, I was telling Damien, you get kind of intimidated as you're as you're reading the the instructions and the ingredients, and because there's so many steps and so many pieces involved. But to uh, uh, actually sit down and do it. I mean this thus far has been no more difficult though a little bit more time-consuming than like making a batch of cookies. So, Alright so we're in the last five minutes or so of our boil so in the next stage here we will be pouring uh, some cold water into a five-gallon bucket um, and then throwing in the uh, unfermented beer that we have here. So
0: now we're at that point in the brewing process where We dumped our big vat of super hot beer and hop tea called a wort We dumped that into our bucket with a little bit of cold water on the bottom And then we filled the bucket to the five-gallon mark and this bucket is where all the magic's gonna happen Where all those great little yeast cells are gonna devour those sugars and turn it into beer Which we all love so much and right now though, we're trying to get it as cold as we can so We hit the 100 mark, now I'm trying to get it down to 78 and get it there in a hurry so we can put the yeast in it, and then we can just put this stuff on a back shelf and let the fermentation process begin.
1: Okay, so Damien has left us, so it's just me and Justin right now. So we are throwing, we're just on the last stage here, so this kit just came with a little packet of yeast. We're going to throw it on in there. Throw it on in. Cool. We made beer. Well, what do you what did you learn today, Justin? I don't know. I learned a lot about just how the process works. You, um, you, and you and I were tasting along the way. We were tasting ingredients. We were tasting yeah. the malts. We were tasting the hops. And like none of them are particularly tasty in their <laughs> original form. But
5: yeah, and some of the things that kind of stuck with me were like how much you could taste that uh, through the wort as it went along, as it cooled, and as it uh, before that, as it was cooking. And you can really smell it. Um, So you can pick out, like, oh, those are the hops, or those are, you know, that's the malt syrup that we poured in.
1: Do you think this is going to change the way that you taste beer? Do you think this is going to make you a smarter taster of beer?
5: Uh, it's hard to say because I think it would if I um, I mean if we were using actual hops We used like these composite hops.
1: Um yeah, we used hop pellets Hot for this pellets. process So
5: I don't really know what all was in that I guess.
1: I think they were all Willamette hops We have the bag somewhere. I wrote it all down um, But I believe it was.
5: If I, if I knew more about the hop varietals I uh, and I could maybe tie it to certain tastes, um, or what those are supposed to taste like, and then I, I, then I would know what to look for, and I'd probably have a better time picking out what kind of hops are, are in it. Or, or same thing with malts, same thing with grains. So I don't know. But um, I think if I can start identifying that stuff bef- as we're making it you know, early on in the process, and then just kind of pay attention to it as it cooks,
1: cool well i think we learned a lot today so time for this to sit and eat and feast for uh, a couple of weeks and we'll damien and i damien's going to come over in a couple of weeks when it's time to bottle these uh bottle our beer here and help us out so we'll give you guys an update in a couple of weeks how our beer is doing so thanks for listening guys say bye-bye justin
5: thanks guys It was good to be with you today
1: till next time guys thanks bye-bye Alright, so that's our show today that's um, our show and I gotta say Damien my beer this morning I checked it it is happily bubbling in uh, nice in our,
0: so it's it is so fun watching your wart for the first like se- six five six days because man that thing just gurgles and bubbles it's a it becomes a life force yeah it's so yeah, fun
1: definitely so last week you asked me uh my first introduction to good beer why don't you talk about your first introduction to good beer all right fair enough fair enough so so
0: um, when I was when I was in high school, my junior year of high school, I had taken um, two years of German at that point, and the whole reason why I took German was because it was the only foreign language program that involved an actual trip to Europe. And so, and is know,
1: that something that you guys had to pay for? Were there scholarships? Oh yeah, no, available? no, okay.
0: no. We were a we were a very broke public high school in a very broke town, so we totally had to pay <laughs> okay, for it ourselves. I figured, but it was like three weeks in three weeks in Germany for like less than a thousand bucks, including airfare. Whoa, totally a steal. That's a good deal. Yeah. So when that when that opportunity showed up, my parents were like, "You're going. Like, we are <laughs> getting that culture." Anyway, so I went, and um, I wound up in this little tiny village called Altensteig. Um, which is in, like, the southeastern part of Germany, kind of by Frankfurt. And my host dad, when he picked me up from the airport, he's like, so you're too young to drink beer in the U.S., right? Right? I was like, yeah, well, you know, you're going to be 21. And I'm like 17 or 16 right now. I think I was 16. He's like, well, in Germany you're old enough, and we make some really good beer, so you're going to be trying a lot of beers while you're here. And like, sure enough, like every night after dinner, that guy would sit down with like three bottles of three different varieties for me to taste. From
1: this like, guy was like a real wonk, right? Oh, he
0: was a total wonk, total wonky about beer. And he would like, he was like so proud to like show him off. He'd be like, oh, this one here, this is brewed by our big national German or national breweries. It's crap. But you need to taste it.
1: <laughs> this didn't... is the Bud Light of Germany. <laughs> yes, yes. He's
0: like, but you need to understand this and know where it's coming from. And then we would go to like these like IPA style beers that were made by like monks in like the neighboring village and every time we'd go to the grocery store he would just get like hundreds of euros worth of different crates of beer for me to try. Oh my god. So it was great. But That's you know it's great. like after like one or a half of those things I was just like feeling no pain and every beer I had tasted <laughs> great. But that set me on the course for being a real snob when it came to underage drinking at high school parties.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cuz like, I mean oh.
0: I don't drink that Keystone Light. I had this great <laughs> beer in Germany two <laughs> weeks ago. You guys should have been, been there for that. <laughs> Insufferable, oh, really. Oh, God. It's <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> <That's> awful. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, I mean, I totally credit that guy for um, really starting my tastes off because that was like, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that was like 2003. And so, like, at that point, that like, the only microbreweries that you would see around was, like, Red Hook and yeah, it's still pretty
1: early before
0: Guinness. Yeah, it's like that it was just on the cusp of when like a lot of breweries were getting accessible to like at least the inland northwest. Yeah. you know.
1: Cool. Very yeah. cool.
0: Do so, you still talk to that guy at all? Man, I um, I haven't talked to him in probably five years at wow. least. Wow.
1: See him Facebook? But,
0: yeah, totally connected with him on Facebook and uh, connected with. Funny enough, like even though his his nephew his nephew lived with him and his wife. And his nephew is my age, but I had ended up having a better rapport with Bjorn, the with guy Dad, himself. Yeah, yeah he's, he's Bjorn, a baller. Bjorn, his name is Bjorn. He's Bjorn. But it's like, I know... I
1: love everything about this story. <laughs> I've heard this story probably about like six times in the making of these last two podcasts. And I love this story. Yes. Like, this just makes me really happy.
0: Bjorn Kinnell. <laughs> he's dope. But um, I know that if I were in Germany, like, the first thing I would do is give him a call and I'd go hang out with those guys. Yeah, definitely. He is rad. Yeah. yeah. And he's cool. like any good German. Obsessed with America, and of well, obsessed with like the na- the landscape and the nature of America. He loves the desert Southwest.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, loves
0: it. If you, the more Germans you meet, you talk to them about the American Southwest, and they are like awestruck. Really? It's a, it's a cultural thing. Huh. Interesting. I'm not kidding you. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, you should uh, send him a copy of this podcast. Then. That's a great idea. And uh, you should send people a copy of this podcast, too. You can uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, you can read. You can listen on our website, columbian.com. Mm-hmm. And email us if you hated yes. this podcast, if you loved this podcast, if you have feedback on this podcast just whatever if you just want if you just need somebody to talk to
0: yeah if you just want to check in and talk about how your day is going we're here we're here for you we're
1: here we have an email for that it's podcast at com. yeah
0: and don't forget even if you have good story ideas if there's something we should talk about that you'd like to know more of please let us know anyway thanks and tune in next week we're going to be
1: discussing outdoor recreation as it gets cold and dark uh we had a little bit of snow today so we do have snow
0: And, you know, everybody loves to talk about going on a hike when the weather's sunny or going on a bike ride, but suddenly things get a lot more quiet once you see a little bit of rain outside. So we're going to teach you how to go play, how to go play when it's dark and a little bit cold, and if you do or do not necessarily want to go skiing. But anyway, stay tuned. It'll be great.